0: hey i'm dr kate wong and i'm tiara mitchell and And you are listening listening to the the holistic hope podcast we invite you to join us and our village in conversations rooted in wellness and health so that we may grow a community of generational healing through love in this episode episode 14 in the holistic hope podcast we reflect on the conversation we had with aaron and lorraine previously in episode 12 and 13 as Tiara shares her intimate story of her postpartum thoughts and journey where she speaks about the root of how and why she felt what she felt, breaking down the reasoning behind the role of hormones, the importance of honoring our past and the healing properties of tears. We invite you to share with us your postpartum journey by simply messaging us on Instagram, Facebook or leaving a short feedback on what you thought about our part one of two series. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: We just got through talking with
0: Erin, and she is a, a... hypnotherapist and a hypnobirthing um, practitioner. Yes. Thank you, because I did not want to bitch you back. <laughs> um, and she had a lot of amazing
1: things to share, and what I found so awesome about it was all the techniques she shared were tools i used without knowing that they were even connected to hypnotherapy to help myself out of depression i got rid of anxiety and when when i say my depression and anxiety were so bad it was to the point where i was contemplating medication Mm -hmm. and i had to take sleeping pills to sleep like i just couldn't sleep because my brain wouldn't stop going and um i had gained a lot of weight partially from pregnancy but I truly feel now looking back, the weight, I picked up even more weight from the negative self talk and how hard I was being on myself and Mm -hmm. the depression, you know, all these negative patterns I had picked up. And one of the big, big things that helped me was how she said bringing awareness
0: to the emotion. And I do like how she was hesitant to label it. Yeah, I like that too because sometimes you don't want to box certain things or label because then you're stuck with this label that you just carry out throughout your life. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I think that's what I had been doing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're taught as children as as best as we could be taught how to be in tune with our emotions. Um, I do think that's something like when I was in fifth grade, I was a conflict manager. And we we use the I sentences, you know? So you're taught to I feel blank when you do this, but like she was saying, putting that label on it made it feel so final. And now I'm in a place where I've recognized, yeah, sometimes the core emotion could be fear or anger or hurt, but really there are other little things tied into that. So that's an example I can use trying to, to get too personal but I may have to.
0: Um, so just to dig a little bit on that so when you're saying that you felt like an almost like a depression postpartum right that you mentioned was it was a depression Did you feel like was it more of sadness was it more of like you know like negative self talk to yourself what exactly did it look like? Okay. So and kind it, of what like. <laughs> I would say it was a little bit of all those things. Okay. Um,
1: and I can but I can clearly distinguish between them. So with the depression aspect of it, it was feeling like, and this is why I think it's such a big deal how she said we can't judge ourselves and the current circumstance because my depression was triggered by feeling like, I now have a baby, I'm still in this itty bitty apartment in the hood. Um, I don't have the job I thought I would have once I had a baby. I not living the life I thought I would have once I had a baby and that weighed really heavily on me Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the depression aspect like I started to feel like my life only had meaning in terms of being a mom and as much as I loved being a mom I was not okay with that like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just be a mom just be a wife and the sadness was even now kind of thinking about it, I feel like it was more of a morning of losing myself. I didn't realize it that realize that then, but I was sad even not thinking about the progress I wasn't making. I was just kind of sad to be me. And the, it's hard to describe because I know how in love I had felt before with being myself. I knew how much I loved being Tierra, Tierra's hobbies. I loved the things about me that even drove people crazy I thought were cool about me. And I wasn't in that place at all. I did not like Tierra, And like even saying that aloud makes me wanna cry a little bit because it was such a hard place to be in. And then um, depression, sadness, and the postpartum, so the postpartum aspect of it, I can't say it was, I, I can't really say how much of it was postpartum because I had a lot of other things going on that had nothing to do with my pregnancy and, and birth. Hmm. So it could definitely have been that those changes of becoming a mom and going through postpartum impacted my depression. And sadness in a lot of ways, but I can't say that it was postpartum.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, was it after your first, or was it after your second, or both? It started after my first. Okay. It
1: did start after my first. A while after my first, she. And when I say a while, I say like she was seven months old. Okay, I mean, that's it when it started. kind of- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Before
1: that, I felt I felt fine. Um, I was a little upset about how much weight I gained, but I mean that's yeah <laughs> my, by my second baby I think I had already been coping with my depression I was working at a job um, where it was a nonprofit for mental health to remove stigmas around mental health and to give those with mental health experiences tools in life and in working there I was in communication, so I did social media, I did podcasts, I made videos. And I remember the not liking myself, the sadness part, starting to feel even heavier. And this was before I became pregnant with my second, Mm -hmm. right before, because like we do with, with our Holistic Hope podcast, I wanted to tell stories in a way that gave people back their power. Mm -hmm. you know helped people reclaim their power because the more research and studies I did I realized a lot of it is kind of a self-inflicted challenge I don't want to say that we are responsible for our depression like we bring it on ourselves type of thing but the choice to either how Aaron was saying we could box ourselves in to these emotions and label them as i'm depressed therefore i can't get out of bed in the morning therefore i have to be sad all the time therefore nothing really makes me happy you know those were the ways this organization we talked about depression and when i would try to talk about it in a way of yes i feel sad but today i want to choose joy i was told not to publish things like that because what if somebody got frustrated with the fact that they
0: couldn't choose joy? Interesting. So it's come almost right. like if you're being shut down not to be happy, not to yeah. be it's it's so interesting because you know what we're talking about, the progesterone. And mm-hmm. so it's like a calming, you know, hormone and a lot of times when you're in the pregnancy moment or past um the phases it's supposed to be high in progesterone to, you know, keep the baby healthy, all these different things, right? And so what happens is very interesting is right when you give birth, like right after you give birth, that progesterone calming hormone tends to drop. Mm-hmm. And that feeling a lot of times when you mentioned, you know, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, pregnancy related, but a lot of times we can't, you know, categorize our hormones seeing only pregnancy, only this, you know, it's like all together, no matter what we kind of push everything to a certain job only, you know, whatever it is and so do you think i was gonna say it's interesting that you say it like
1: that because i that would actually make sense to why i was even frustrated with the fact that my therapist told me i was depressed Hmm. because from a young age i had decided i i will not be depressed i'm always going to be happy and it was just you know ignorant me kind of
0: thing but like, it's not gonna happen <laughs> that's what I want
1: yeah that's what I wanted to do and I think I've always had that willpower of I can get through any situation like yes this is tough but I can get through this I've always had that determination and it was like when he told me I was depressed and like I said the baby was seven eight months at this time
0: mm-hmm.
1: so when he said I was depressed I do remember it hitting me like a brick and it was kind of like all that willpower and determination I had before that was just like well then what's the point like if I'm mm-hmm. depressed, then I'm I'm depressed. So I wonder if it had anything to do with the loss of that hormone.
0: Mm-hmm. And just make you even more stressed out, even mm-hmm. more because stress. It's either as they use the same, if I can think of it, almost as the same bucket of where they're made. It's like s- stress, cortisol, progesterone, coming from the same like bucket of things. And so it's it's as if it prioritized certain things and it used certain things in this direction so there was enough for the other side. So it's yeah. kind of like a balancing act. And so it's interesting. So what did you do? Like what is, what happened that helped you kind of get rid of this, all these labels, all these things that people kind of put you into this box of what you were? Okay, what I'm going to say, I don't recommend people do unless... <laughs> talk to somebody about it okay and i don't know what this is so, <laughs> so you haven't told me yet <laughs> kate, <So does> <laughs> not, kate,
1: kate is not um, endorsing this <laughs> i stopped seeing my therapist and i stopped i quit the job those are the first two major things i say i did i m- thought very hard about not seeing my therapist anymore because i enjoyed going to my therapist i enjoyed having someone to talk to Um, I did feel that he was helping me connect emotions and the way I responded to things. Why I stopped going to him was I had gotten to a point where I didn't want to focus on the external triggers. I wanted to focus on the internal triggers because Mm -hmm. I was beginning to understand, okay, people and things are going to drive Tiara crazy, but how can Tiara not be driven crazy? Like, I can't keep allowing people to put me in these places. And no one yet had talked to me about being aware of triggers, even working at the mental health place. When we talked about triggers and things, it was like you get triggered and this is what's gonna happen, you know, like you're gonna have these side effects and you're gonna have an episode and then you need to rest and recover. And I didn't agree with that, you know, which was the reason why I had to quit the job because I was like, because I have shared with y'all that I, Am experiencing depression and anxiety. You have boxed me in to, I can only experience depression and anxiety, and I don't want that life for myself. I'm not comfortable telling other people that they need to stick to this life for themselves. I want everybody to understand they have the power to heal, whatever that may look
0: like for them, you know? And so. And it didn't look like it for where you were working at. It just felt like this is one way, one treatment, one therapy does that what it look like or is it something different so they didn't treat they didn't give it was like a um, community type thing okay
1: um which which was i thought that part was awesome Mm -hmm. but i didn't like was the language around it so how aaron kept talking about self-talk i feel like they coached people to have negative self-talk about their condition Hmm. it was like accepting that you are broken so the best way I know how to describe that epiphany was I was listening to someone else. Um, her name's Allison Bird, and she is a entrepreneur coach. She just talks a lot about money. And she was doing a talk one day about how nothing in you is broken. And when she said it, it was like a. I was told I was broken because I have depression and anxiety you know, and it was like, uh uh-huh, I was told I was broken. I never really believed I was broken, but because people kept telling me, well, when you're depressed, when you have anxiety, your life is over pretty much, you know, like you can't do things for yourself. You have to rely on external solutions to be able to have some type of happiness, And once I realized that I could really do the work internally, I did have control over how I felt about situations. That was when I think that was my big awakening moment. That was the big then what happened, this is a really perfect lead in again to what Aaron was saying about journaling. I went through and I read my journal from the last year because I would I would get angry or whatever, I would just journal, journal, journal. And I broke down crying. I was talking about myself so badly, like
0: mm.
1: saying the most hor. I don't even want to repeat them. I was saying the most horrible things to myself, mm. and I didn't realize that I'm thinking I'm venting. You know, I'm getting things off my chest, or you know, I'm- which is a good thing that you did. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so, and it is a good thing looking back because I probably wouldn't have never if I hadn't have journaled. I wouldn't have been able to know just how badly I was talking about myself. To think, because I will never forget. Like, I made a decision right then and there. I will never, ever again write this way about myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that—that that is what I will say was the biggest change for me. And I, I love how, you know, Erin today talked about. Um, I, I aligned it with manifestation and the law of attraction. But when you talked about seeing yourself. In this you know like going through how your day is gonna go and then when you can already pre-identify the triggers you're gonna have deciding then how you're going to respond to them in a way that is loving and helpful for you and not further bringing you down I started doing that before mm-hmm. I would get out of bed and it was really hard for me to get out of the bed at this time I would lay in bed and it <laughs> I like how she said relax your jaw and stuff because I was not relaxed <laughs> I was very tense Cause I was like on edge feeling like every day had to be a fight and I was just I remember telling my grandma "I've been fighting my whole life I don't want to fight anymore what am I fighting and so I would see myself going through the day and I would see the triggers coming up and I would decide how I'll respond to them and very slowly it got to a place where I wasn't waking up feeling tense you know I was able to go to sleep not worried about what tomorrow was gonna look like and like, I slowly start to see these improvements. And then one day I realize, oh shit, I'm not depressed anymore. Like, it was like a, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and feeling like I saw Tiara.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, you know, it was like a, I still wasn't back in love with her the way I wanted to be in her, but it, but it was like a, hey, I see you. And I see you seeing me. And it felt really good. And I just wanted to keep doing that. And so, the same practices Erin talked about, and it's just blowing my mind. How I didn't know it was self hypnosis, I just intuitively knew I need to keep doing these things for myself. I, I would, I would know I need to do it. I'd go on Google at night, or I'd scroll through Facebook, and I would see something that just kind of called to me. Click it. It turned out being a tool I could really use. You know, it was. A, it's been an ongoing thing. This was what my baby's. My youngest baby's three years old now. This started when I was about six months pregnant with her I quit my job Mm -hmm. so it was it's been a very long journey and you know it keeps coming back to the fear and love can't exist in the same place and I had a moment last week where I realized how afraid I was of being myself again and how I think see now I'm getting emotional because I think now the fear is I go back to being this tiara am i going to put myself back in that trap but you know that trap of depression and not feeling good enough because i'm so hard on myself and you know all these negative things i was doing to myself and now realizing like "Mm, yeah that's a possibility but tiara you have to trust the growth you've done isn't going to allow you to go back to that place live your life and be happy
0: Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah this, this is an intense conversation, folks. <laughs> it's all real. <laughs> so, never heard about this at all till right now. So I'm responding the way same way everyone is responding. But um, yeah, so it's so interesting. Like the aspect of, you know, as we continue to do certain things that are scary like watching this podcast, being more open. It's like now that our triggers kind of come up because I don't have kids yet right now. So when I hear it from you guys living through your eyes and your stories of you know certain things trigger you when certain um every kids do certain things, it's a similar thing when you do certain things that are scary, certain things that think uh, make you think, you know, is this right for me? is this the next thing because I'll be more open people will know more of me than not to be more vulnerable to do a lot of stuff that we're doing right now talking about our personal issue <laughs> or sharing a story to actually learn have people learn from them you know to how they can navigate through similar issues as well and so what it seems like at least what you're telling me tiara um is that you know now you just you were kind of thinking you know what if like what if like all these fear kind of comes out and then out because i was seeing you did the glow was it glow up challenge is that mm-hmm. what it was called yeah recently so you were literally kind of being out there bring the love literally to wherever you were talking to, to the group you're talking to, to the ladies that you're talking to. And that kind of had something in the back of your mind, kind of saying, "Mm, should you be more like, should you be doing this? It seems like kind of pulling you back and then it made you think about that. It's not like it's a good or bad thing. It's not like it's a bad thing either, but you kind of noticed it. Now you're feeling that again, remembering how that feels from past. And that's all this is. Right. Like a, yeah. Like a collection. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not like you know when I was sharing a little bit about my my mom, um, about biological mom in general, about that that feeling of you know abandonment, all these different things. When I remember how bad it made me feel, you know, things and tears come up, means that I remember what it is that, but doesn't need to you know come with me every single. The feelings don't need to come with me, but my memory of it and how I move from it does in order for me to move forward because it's still a part of me it's not like bam okay vanished you know my life didn't exist back then because you know I'm all grown (laughs) I'm not five no more (laughs) and I like like when we did the
1: challenge um one of the things that were mentioned was honoring your past Mm -hmm. and you know you mentioned tears just now and I found out that our tears have healing properties if you put there was a study done where they put tears under a microscope that were produced in different situations and they have different
0: chemical makeups. Hmm, interesting. I didn't read about that one.
1: Oh, I'll see if I can find it. But in they, they even looked like the molecules look differently because our tears bring us the healing we need. And I think was it our interview last week where it was mentioned that, you know, we'll hold our emotions in and bottle them up, bottle them up, bottle them up? Mm-hmm. And I know for me, being vulnerable isn't the hard part. I think, you know, being vulnerable and sharing my story, I truly believe that I like to say I'm an open book because, um, I feel we learn from each other. I think, you know, I told the story in my group how when I was a little girl, my grandpa told me there are three people in the world, the kind of person who makes the same mistake over and over again, never learns from it, person who makes a mistake once or twice. And then they're like, I probably won't do that again. And then the person who can see someone else make a mistake and decide that's not something they want for their life. Mm -hmm. And I've always kind of lived under that view and As I got older, it evolved to, well, it doesn't just have to be mistakes. I could see someone who has something in their life that I want, and I could learn how to achieve it by watching them, you know? And then I can give back by when I go through something, i.e. being depressed for a few years. I (laughs) I gained like 100 pounds and (laughs) lost it, you know, and, just my experience is that when I do open up and tell people, they, while they may not have gone through the exact same thing I go through, the sentiment has always been, "I would have never known you went through all of that." From the way you carry yourself, mm-hmm. I think that's the part that makes me emotional because I think of, you know, when I when I talk to people on social media, when I myself on social media, I am truly. Being myself, I will tell you on social media if I'm having a bad day and I don't see any shame in that. Like I get a little irritated when people are like, "Well, if you put your business out there, you're leaving room for people to comment. Like I'm putting my business out there because I'm human and I'm feeling this and I'm not ashamed by what I'm feeling. But what is hard for me is to think about what if I hadn't, what if I hadn't shared my story with, girl who came into my DM you know what if I Mm -hmm. had came on this podcast broke down crying about how tough all of this was and the little girl who needed to stay here it never got what she needed you know like Mm -hmm. that is when I get really emotional just thinking about yes I went through a lot and it sucked in the moment I go through it all over again knowing that is bringing the healing that other people need, you know, like knowing that now my little girls can have a conversation with me about something that's really hard to talk about and not be afraid of mommy, not be afraid of how she's going to react in this situation. I like that. It's brought a lot of healing to my family even, Mm -hmm. you know, because we weren't able to have what's the
0: word like
1: humane conversations when emotions were high it's always a lot of fighting and throwing stuff and that's just don't want my family like that. I don't want my family tearing each other apart and now it drives them crazy because I'll call them out on their crap but I get to be this the light who is saying hey guys this isn't how we treat each other Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's take a few minutes to calm down. Let's get some space. Let's figure out what's really going on. But we're a family, and we're not going to treat each other like this. And if you guys are going to continue to treat each other like this, I'm not going to be here. And I've learned my the threat of my absence is what keeps them together. There's something about me, and that's also what makes me emotional because I don't like that kind of responsibility. I don't like being the one who always has to have it together. That terrifies me because I know I don't always have it together. A lot of the times, I'm just going off of whatever comes to my head and I'm hoping it's a good outcome, you know. But I've learned that when I say I can't tolerate seeing us treat each other like this. I can't be a part of this. That's when everyone's like, Hold on, let's approach this more calmly now. And it's like I've have the Honor, truly the honor of being in this position where I get to help rewrite my family's story so that we are closer and more connected and we're getting rid of all these toxic habits that were taught to my ancestors and probably didn't know any better. They thought that they were doing their best. I truly believe they were doing their best. Mm -hmm. Now I get to be the new age light, you know, of no, this isn't how we love each other because I get to say love and fear cannot exist at the same time. And I can't be afraid to talk to you and you say you love me.
0: Mm -hmm. So these are happy tears. (laughs) These are happy happy tears. Happy tears.